Hello, everyone, and welcome to Squared C, a podcast celebrating the stories of women of color in the corporate world. I am your host, Nancy, and I hope everyone is safe and sane wherever you're listening to this from. Well, today's episode drop date, the 2nd of July, is a very special day because it's my birthday. So happy birthday to me. And in leading up to it, I thought about um, what I wanted to talk about today. And this episode is called Find Your Tribe for a Very Special Reason. It's because one of the things that I thought about leading up to my birthday is how grateful I am for the people in my life who have had my back um, for me to be where I am right now, living up my purpose and doing the things that I do. In particular, the women of color in my life. They are so special to me because they experience the world through the same lens as I do. And over the years, I've been so blessed to surround myself with the best of them, really, who are just living their best lives professionally and personally, despite what the world throws at them. Listen, all my friends are ballers. And if you don't believe me, have a listen to today's episode with my guest, Nyara Zodzova Onyari, who, besides being my personal hype woman and confidant in chief, she is a brilliant microbiologist who is based in the Bay Area right now and is very passionate about applying herself to solving infectious diseases. On this episode, Nyari and I chat about how she ended up on the path she is on in science and what it's been like navigating it as a black woman in a space where there are so few of us. We also chat about um, what following our dreams as black immigrants in America and, uh, you know, elsewhere around the world is like. And you're going to find out that we both insanely love Beyonce. Watching Yari battle for her career and the bold moves that she has made in the last few years inspires me so much and I can't wait for all of you to meet her. So here's Nyari's story. Hi Nyari. Hi Nancy, how are you doing? I'm good. Welcome to B Squared Z. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. I'm excited to be here finally. <laughs> you know you're always on my list right <laughs> yeah but I was like waiting on pins and it was like oh I can't wait until it's my turn <laughs> and we've already talked about how like we, we can't do your story once we have to bring it back again at some point yes I'm excited for that too I can't wait for people to to, to learn more about you <laughs> Okay, so, so before we start, before we get into your story, I'm just going to tell people a few things about your profile that are quite interesting and I think make you kind of awesome. Okay, not kind of. We're not using qualifiers these days. You're awesome. <laughs> okay, so our guest today is Nyara Zodzova. She is currently a scientist at Industrial Microbes in the Bay Area. She'll tell us later what she does there. Um, Nyari, or so that's what she calls by Nyari, actually. <laughs> um, she studied at the Jacobs University Bremen in Germany first. Then she moved to Texas for her PhD. So she's actually a doctor. Hey, do people call you Dr. Zora? 
sometimes. <laughs> you yeah. can call me Nyari. Nyari is fine. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. I just want to be sure here. I just want to be sure here. Okay. No, we are um, fine. <laughs> Well, the fun fact is that Nyari and I actually have never met in person. Oh my God. Are you outing our relationship now? <laughs> We've never met in person. We became virtual friends super fast. And now we are in each other's like um, hype team, right? Like behind yeah. every successful woman is a group text hyping her up. Yes, and you are definitely part of mine. And we have known each other for years without ever meeting in person. Well, because then I got kicked out of America. So we, we oh, yeah, that too. And now you can't leave, but <laughs> that too. But we'll talk, we'll talk about that in a while. But yeah, speaking of America, Nyari, so you are in Oakland in California. Yeah. Um, how have you been doing with all of the things happening with uh, Black people in America? Yeah, so I guess as good as I can be, but yeah, I'm in Oakland and I'm very proud to be living in Oakland. This is the best place of the Black Panther and I I actually live here because this is where all the Black people are in California, but uh, yeah, it has been a tricky time, I think, lately with everything that's going on. Obviously, COVID was affecting uh, more Black people than everybody else or the people were dying more Black and with the protests, it has been really hard. And I'm frustrated, I think, mm-hmm. is the word that I would say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. tell us more about that. Yeah, I'm struggling to really say how I feel because, you know, as a Black woman, you're always trying to be like, nice, you get along, you cannot be angry. But actually, I think I am angry. So I am angry and frustrated that we had to take this man, like George Floyd, to die in this way for nine minutes while the world was watching for people mm-hmm. to pay attention. Because you and I, we have been here. We have been struggling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like all of us or Black people have been here, but nobody has been listening. And then this man has to die this way for anybody to listen. One, two, people now are reaching out to you like, oh, are you doing okay? Some of it you can say like, oh, this is genuine. People really want to know like, how are you? But then Mm -hmm. there are some people who are just doing it to be like, oh, I reached out to my Black person for the day. Look at me. I'm doing good. <laughs> so it feels performative also, in a way. <laughs> exactly. It is, it, and it's really frustrating. Like, oh, I don't want to be, I don't want to be the one to give you the stamp of approval. Like, you're doing amazing, sweetie. I'm so proud of you. No, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a weird time. It's very hard to really put it all together, how you're feeling. Yeah. Yeah, so there was actually this article, right? And I think I sent it uh, to, to the group chat. Um, mm-hmm. And it, was, uh, it came out in the Metro UK. And it was something about um, the emotional impact of watching people, of watching white people wake up to racism, you know, yeah. as, as a black person. Yeah. <laughs> in time, you know. Um, I definitely have to put it in the show notes so people can understand what that means. But for me, that article actually articulated what I was feeling. And I was like, wait, I have these complex feelings and I couldn't actually describe them. But that's what they are. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's wild that this is where we are right now. Well, hopefully it gets yeah. better. Hopefully. Uh, yeah. But in any case, though, you are a Black woman in science. Yes. You went and got your PhD in microbiology. Yes. And tell us what you do at your company, actually. Yeah. So my company actually 
works on engineering bacteria to convert methane, biogas, or natural gas into mm -hmm. different platform chemicals. So my work is really, as a microbiologist, my work is working on the bacteria in the, and the enzymes in the first part of the pathway. And I really enjoy it. As you mm -hmm. say, I have a microbiology. So working with bacteria is my jam. I really love it. <laughs> Nobody ever says working with bacteria is my jam. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think microbiologists would say this exactly. <laughs> I see. Wait, so then tell us how you got to, to, onto this career path. Yeah. So I really like mysteries and science so the two of them together research scientists and that's what I am but um so really I was always interested in science and in Zimbabwe I was part of PSAP which is really I, where I got the guidance and the mentorship to apply for uh different undergrad universities and I decided to go to Jacobs University Bremen yeah. so you went to Jacobs and, and at Jacobs, just to, so before I know like there's some people who are embarrassed to say like, I've got a scholarship and I had to also pay my way through school, but that's actually what I did. So I got a merit-based scholarship at Jacobs University and the other part of my tuition, I had to pay it myself, but obviously I'm coming from Zimbabwe, I couldn't afford it. So I actually worked through school as well. And I know many people sometimes don't want to say that, but I'm really proud of it. I'm proud of it and I want more of us to say it so that other people know that this is sometimes how you get your education. Hey, this is how you can figure out your education. Exactly. Yeah. So I, when I was there, I really enjoyed research. I worked in a couple of labs. I did internships. And then that showed me that I was interested in microbiology and also how bacteria evade the host immune system. So I decided to look at professors who were working on that all over the world. And I ended up... Uh, applying to this lab in Texas and I got in uh, at that university and I decided to choose it from the universities I was going to go to. So, and then there I started microbiology and infectious diseases, for my mm -hmm. PhD. Right. And then I moved to California for work. Yeah. Okay. So what are your ambitions in this field? Um, so obviously since I studied uh, microbiology and infectious diseases, my plan is to go back home and to study a lab where you know how infectious is most companies do not really care for them well mm -hmm. except for bill gates right now who's funding research into malaria or research into schistosomiasis which causes bilazia most companies don't care about them and they actually call them diseases of the poor because in the developed world most people don't right. get some of the diseases so people all these companies end up thinking of chronic illnesses like cancer but at home, we have some of these issues and nobody's working on them. So I was thinking of it as the for us, by us. Like, this is something that affects us. I want to open a lab at home and then have us working on different antibiotic um, therapies and trying to find mm -hmm. um, new cures. So that's what I want to do in my career. Yeah. Okay. That's very yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. Because even just putting it into context now with COVID, uh, people really didn't care about infectious disease until now there's COVID, but you need to keep on doing the research so that when there's right. a pandemic, you're ready for it. Yeah. Right, exactly. right, right, right. So we won't be in the situation we're in now. By the way, good luck, America. What is going on, <laughs> you guys? <laughs> Are you going to go back uh, into shutdown again? Into like, um, you know... I just in place? you announced that uh, Americans are barred from entering... Uh, Europe, so here we are. <laughs> I can't visit <laughs> But is California gonna go back into sheltering in place? 
Uh, here in the Bay Area, things are kind of better. We okay. everyone is wearing masks, and I think the numbers are lower. But in some other parts of California, yeah, things do not look good. Yeah. I see. I see. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So you moved to America from mm-hmm. Germany. What what yeah. what was that about? What triggered that move? So I think uh, in Germany, I really enjoyed it. I was at an international university. It was only I think around. 20% German, but everybody else was from a different country and we had uh, intercultural sensitivity training. It was awesome. It was a utopia, really. Right. But <laughs> as you know, Germany, uh, it's, it's a country where I was the minority and I wanted to go to a place where there were more Black people. Obviously, I couldn't go back to Zimbabwe since I was still working on my education and all of this. But mm-hmm. I was, so I was like, America made sense to me. I could use English at school, I was using English, but in the community, I was learning German, which was good. But I was like, oh, I can just plug in to American society. Everything is fine. I actually moved there because there were many Black people. Although now, knowing what's happening, I don't know if that was such a good idea. <laughs> it's funny, like, the reason that I moved here is now the reason I'm like, oh, maybe this wasn't such a good idea. But I got to say, like, in Germany, I knew it was different. And it was obvious, obviously. But then here... It's like, oh, once I go to America, I was like, oh, I'm black. And I guess that's a bad thing. I did not know this. Interesting. So your experience, though, like, what was that actual first year like in America after um, moving, moving in there to Texas? I think it was difficult. Uh, I'm not going to lie. It was very hard, like. I think I just obviously I thought like oh everything's gonna be easy I'm gonna be speaking English I'm gonna see all these black people and um but no it was really challenging and uh, people say like microaggressions and unconscious bias even at the school so it was very hard but I would say I was really lucky that my boss or my advisor for grad school he was from Iraq so he was used to people saying or doing things to him mm-hmm. and even the immigration process and so he was very helpful in a way your advisor or your mentor is supposed to hold your hand in science like actually this is what we are working on but it was very helpful in that he knew how life would be different for me so in a way he like held my hand like oh you came from germany everybody was nice to you well this is how it goes here mm-hmm. but this is what happens now and even like in our department or like in the school, because I was the only uh, black person in my year. Right. And luckily, yeah. And then luckily there was another woman of color. Well, she's from Ecuador and she was like, oh my God, we're going to be friends. I'm like, wait, what? And she's like, yeah, we're going to be best friends forever. And actually that's actually, we are best friends now. So in a way, it's like having yeah. a support system like that, my boss and my friend, like we helped each other through everything and mm-hmm. grad school, the difficulties of grad school and then the difficulties of being different. Yeah. Right. Right. So you kind of found your tribe, found your people. Yes. And to me, that was the biggest uh, thing that changed for me. As soon as I had that, it was better. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I love it. That's a great story. <laughs> Always find your people, man. Find yeah. your people. Well, like you in Oakland now, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I got, I like put myself right where all the black people are. <laughs> mm. yeah. yeah. So, 
So, Nyari, on to our favorite topic is immigrants, visas. <laughs> there was an announcement last week by the Trump administration to stop the processing of new H-1B visas, which is, you know, the work visa in America that will allow you to continue following your dreams in science and hang out with the bacteria that you love so much. Tell us what's going on with you on that. Oh man, yeah, it has been a struggle, really. It has been a roller coaster of emotions because this is the year I'm also applying for mine. And mm -hmm. at the beginning, so like I guess to give people some context, like the it's really run like the lottery system, so you don't know what's gonna happen. Like, are you mm -hmm. gonna get it or not? So first it was that anxiety, like, am I gonna get it? Then our lawyer was like, Well, maybe since you have a higher degree. Like, that's what they tell us. That's what they told you, too. Like, since you're right, you have a STEM degree. Yeah, you're all the better. And then I'm like, hopeful. And then COVID hit. I'm like, oh, no, am I going to get it? Then they're like, ah, they will still keep working. And then we got this notice like, oh, maybe you kind of have an approval. But as you and I both know, you never believe anything. Doesn't mean anything. Until you have the paper in your hand. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Yeah. Yes. So I was hopeful, but I was like, do not get too excited. You never know. And then 45 announced that he was going to change things. I think that was like a month ago. Then it turned, then I was anxious again. Then it turned out it's just going to affect green card people. And then last week when it was official, like it's actually the H1B. I really did lose a whole day of work because I was just like refreshing the news. Like, has it happened? Is it going to happen? Mm -hmm. How is this going to affect me? Because I didn't have the paper in my hand. And yeah, at the end of the day, it turns out we don't know. And then my lawyer was like, well, it could be people who are outside of the U.S., but since you're here, you're fine. So I'm like, okay, I guess I'm not leaving, but you and I know that. You can't leave, though. Can't leave. And people are always saying like, oh, why don't you go home more often? Why don't you do this? It's like, uh, sometimes when you're waiting for visa stuff, you stay put. Yeah. So, yeah, so that too. And then, so that goes on fast forward at the end of the week i actually we actually got another so my boss is like excited to show me like oh look at this this is happening now it might actually be real and i'm like oh finally but then she ended up noticing like wait there's something wrong with the dates here things Damn. don't make sense. maybe you actually don't have can't catch a break <laughs> authorization i'm just like oh yeah. no i knew it and you know you start freaking out again so it's like a whole roller coaster of emotions. It's like, as soon as you're right. starting to like, things are okay, something goes back up again. So then I lost another day of work. So in one week, it was two days of work that we just gone freaking out about visa stuff. And in the end, now we, well, we're still working on it. So technically I'm still in the uncertainty or limbo where they're trying to see if it's just a clerical error or what's really mm -hmm. going on. Yeah, but I think that's the, that's the anxiety of it all and the stress of it all being an mm -hmm. immigrant. And especially right. on this visa, you just never know what's going to happen. Like, will this work out for you? Will it not? So I don't know, man. <laughs> Girl, I'm so sorry you're going through that. You know, I mean, you were there a couple of years ago and I went through my own anxiety and I actually did not get the H1B visa and I had to leave the country. Um, and you know, these events really shake up the realities, especially of immigrants like us who do not necessarily have the privilege to go back to the countries we came from because we came to America in the first place in search of a better life.
And I remember feeling like, you know, the rug has been pulled from under my feet. Like I bet on the American dream and just got like really like screwed over or something like that. And on processing it a little more though, way after that, I realized that, okay, America is this place that we all grow up aspiring to, you know, the land of opportunity and all your dreams will come true. But the reality of actually living there, especially as a black immigrant, it's not quite what, you know, we all always think we signed up for or what we thought it would be. So what is your experience with this idea of, you know, the American dream? Oh, man. Yeah, I think you sold this dream and obviously the education I've gotten and all of these opportunities, grateful for it. But I feel like it has, it's very hard because you're jumping through hoops every time you're waiting for another paper and you don't even have time to like take a breath. Like, okay, this is good. You're waiting for the next thing. So it's always, as an immigrant, you're always hoping that something is going to work out. You always have this anxiety and the stress of it all. So in a way, like, is it worth it? You're like, uh, uh, you're balancing things. It's like mm-hmm. you have all these plates. You're trying to make sure they stay in the air or you're juggling things. So that, that is really tricky. And then having to deal, in a way, I would like to say that maybe the dream is not for everyone. Especially mm-hmm. for like immigrants or people in the marginalized, in different marginalized community that I might not even be part of. But right. uh, there's like a fine just, print to the dream. Exactly. And nobody tells you about that fine print. Or maybe we are just not reading through that fine print. Hmm. And I think for people like me, the dream is different. It's like, oh, if you can have this, oh, but maybe not for you. Or you might need to work this much to get there. So, and I think for people like me, it's like you have to deal with other things like racism, police brutality. Like for me, I've been stopped by police before. And it was a wild experience and it was really Hmm. scary. And I think about it all the time. And when I see police, I'm like, oh no, is this, is, is this going to happen again? You know, so that's one thing that's like, you always have to be thinking about. And I've also been followed by a lady here at my apartment. And she was like, wait, do you live here? I want to make sure that you actually live here. <laughs> that story day, was wild, by the way. <laughs> so every day there's always, you're always on edge. Like, oh, somebody's going to question my humanity or somebody's going to question whether I belong here. And mm-hmm. that's really not a way to live because it's, it's really hard on your mental health. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it's, it's like, is it really a dream or what's happening? So, that's intense. Yeah, that's the dream, man. <laughs> but yeah, it's a game of survival. I think it's not, it, I, I don't think it's a dream. It's a game of survival, at least for me. Yeah. It's a game. It's a game of survival. Wow. That's um, it's a very different way of, of thinking about it. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta <laughs> drop through those hoops, man. <laughs> yeah, what is your hype song? Well, not a surprise at all. <laughs> My hype song is by Beyonce and uh, Formation. And you know, the song means so much to me, and obviously, it means so much to many people. But for me, the line that speaks to me and that is spoken to me over and over again it's always stay gracious best revenge is your paper i'm just like yes girl preach because (laughs) like when i was in grad school like it was hard sometimes like maybe you have a seminar you have to write a paper things are difficult and you oh people are really being hard on you like the microaggressions or uh, the unconscious bias or sometimes they really like 
out there racism and you're just mm -hmm. like whoa then i was like you know what i don't care about the drama or this i am just gonna work on like getting my, that degree that my best revenge will be that paper or when i'm working on a publication i was like mm -hmm. Once this paper is published i'm gonna feel good i don't care about any of this yeah so <laughs> that line was really it for me so for you the paper is literally the paper. i think beyonce made money though <laughs> <laughs> wow, you got me there. I know she made money. <laughs> but you know, in grad school, really success means getting like published or perish. You have to have that paper out. You have to have that uh, degree out. But yes, now that I'm out of grad school, I'm like, yeah, I gotta get paid, man. <laughs> is that paper. I gotta get paid for the work that I do. And it's women, we all have to get paid for what right. we do. Yes. Awesome. So, no, yeah. so as I also love formation, um, as we always do on our group chat <laughs> as well. And my favorite line actually is a little different. Oh, my favorite line from formation is I just might be a black Bill Gates in the making, nice. <laughs> right? Because what it represents to me is, um, this idea of remembering how we grew up with so many talented people, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, like, like, you know, like you getting here and me getting here is like anomalies yeah. out of like um, where we come from. And because yeah. what separates like talent that gets realized is access to opportunities and yeah. people and places and platforms, right? Um, and I always think that there are so many potential Bill Gates Gateses? Gates, Gates. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, in Africa, right? Like, and they just don't have the opportunities to actually yeah. get to, to to realize their their dreams. Yeah, you know? and that's that's like crazy to me. But yeah, I remember just like I listened to that line the first time, and it spoke to me. And I was like, yeah. Oh my God, I just might be a black Bill Gates in the making. Yeah. Girl, yeah, I, I really love it. Even when like she's talking about getting in coordination, it's like mm -hmm. all the, to me when I have like a meeting or a presentation or something like either I'm afraid of it or I want to hype myself up or I'm terrified or something. I just listen to it and I'm like all these women who hype me up every day. I feel like they're there with me or my ancestors or mm -hmm. all, these, all these women who care about me, their information with me and their coordination with me. Mm -hmm. So it's just so, so powerful and beautiful to have this uh, support. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. I love it. Yes. I love Get it. information, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Nyari. Yeah. What three words would you describe yourself with hmm um i would say i am thoughtful i am creative and i'm important important yes <laughs> <laughs> tell us a little bit more about that well so if you think about it i'm a person of color and i'm a black woman in science i'm a black woman contributing to this space that not a lot of just even black people are in. So to me, this is special because I'm in, I was in academia and I was sometimes the only person in the room and I wasn't, I am in science every day. And now I'm in syn synthetic biology. I work at a startup. I mean, this industry where there are few of us. So it's really special to me in that I'm contributing a lot of work, even at my company that not a lot of people like me get to see somebody like me do that. And I am happy that other 
people coming after me get to see this. So it's like, I am doing this and I'm important in this space. So yeah, I'm proud to be. Mm, Yeah, you are, you are important. By the way, did you read about the black woman who is leading the NIH team on the COVID-19 vaccine? (laughs) Yes. Yes. I'm just like, yes, girl, do that. (laughs) I was so happy when I saw that. I was like, I love it. I love that story so much. Yeah. Yeah. Question for you. So this idea um, so I actually saw this being debated on LinkedIn one, one day and it yeah, was, yeah. Um, I think someone had posted about, uh, I'm trying to, ten, trying to remember what she was. I think she was like the first black something like valedictorian or, or something of that nature. You know, I have yeah. to go back and, and look at the story, but, um, and then the comment that was put under that was like, oh, why do we keep having to say first this? She's just like a woman who achieved this or something like that. Yeah. You know? And then it started going like back and forth in the, in the comment section. Like, yeah. what, what do you think about that? I know, like, well, I guess that's what you would hope to get to a place where you don't have to mention that. But honestly, right now, some of, to me, when I see, it, like, as an example, uh, right now, this is the first time in my life that I have a boss who is a woman, and that has been so special. And maybe you do just be like, "Oh, I have a boss." No, this is the first boss, my boss who is a woman, so that's special to me. And mm-hmm. seeing that is making me aspire to be like, "Oh, I want to do this one day," you know. So mentioning like this is the first black person doing this, this is the first woman doing this. That's very important because you need all these other people to see like, "Wow." They can, right. if, if that person can do that, I can too. So I really like mentioning that. It's really important. Yeah. Right. We need right. to acknowledge that. No, Maybe so in the future, things will be different, but right now they are not. So we need to highlight all of that. I know we all would love to get to that place of <laughs> when, it, when it's not like that, but unfortunately it's 2020 and we're still having yeah. the first black woman. I, I think she was the uh, president of MIT. Um, the student student president of MIT, if I'm not wrong, I, I have to go look it up. But yeah, but it was um, it was an interesting um, conversation, and it reminds me of all these moments when you're the only one of you where you are, right? Yeah, uh, and stuff. No, like that. totally embrace that and say it, so that it doesn't. It's so that more people get to be there, and then we don't have to be like, oh, that's the first other. It's like, no, we have so many of this right now. representation <laughs> matters yeah it does <laughs> it does matter and we need great okay so nyari yeah what two pieces of advice would you have for other women of color out there i think uh i guess for science especially i would like to say uh, especially if you're going to grad school or even not I think sometimes people who work in labs like me, we end up focusing on just being in the lab all the time, just getting that data, getting the work done. But you need a life outside of the lab. So I'll say, get a life outside of the lab. It will be good for you. <laughs> like find a hobby or like hang out with your friends, go meditate or go run, do something else and then come back and then get that, get that data. But no, go have a life because it's good for your mental health and you need some time to actually forget about it. And yeah, so that's like the first part. And then the second advice that I would give is that um, you really need to 
get all the skills that you can like in the lab and to do that you need like internships or work in a lab and all of those things will help you do present your work maybe in lab meetings mm-hmm. or doing poster presentations and all of that and once you do that you get this confidence if you do it over and over again you're going to get the confidence of being able to speak about your work mm-hmm. uh, to other or to non-scientists and that's really important when people are hiring you they look at like your presentation skills or the work that you've done so it's not only can you work in a lab it's like can you work in a lab and can you talk about the work that you actually do can you sell the science mm-hmm. so those are the two i think important parts that i would say but then i have a third one though. okay <laughs> <laughs> go ahead tell them i think I think this a lot with, I do that too. And I'm trying to change on that. I'm trying to work on that. It's like, don't dilute yourself. If you're going to show up, show up as your full self. So if maybe you feel like, huh, I can't really say what I want to say, like say it. Oh, I, I can't really show up with like my Afro. This might not look professional. Professional for who? Just be you, girl. Just do what you want. Right. If you mm-hmm. want to go to work with like, your beautiful African print uh, skirt, do that. Like you don't try to twist yourself into what you think will be palatable for other people. Mm-hmm. No, just be you. And the, the fact that you are that person, that's why you got hired there. So express yourself, be yourself, just do you boo. Yeah, don't try to be something you're not or try to change yourself to make other people happy. Yeah, wow. be as you can be so that all the other people who are coming after you can be as comfortable too in their blackness and work so i think you and rua called it uh we are the transitional generation Mm -hmm. and i've heard other people say like be a good ancestor because you are the first one there there are other people who are going to come after you so if you are expressing yourself there are many different ways of a black woman expressing herself at work or in the professional environment or at home so people get get used to like oh this is what a black person can do this is what another black person can do and when they see all of that in our all different ways of being a black woman at work or being a woman of color at work then other people are coming after you they can be themselves too so you're not just doing this you're doing this for all of us yes so show up and (laughs) wow Wow, <laughs> such such beautiful advice and, and very powerful. Like you and your fraud just out here doing yeah. the thing. <laughs> we out here, man. Sometimes it's a head rub, sometimes it's a fraud. It's like, how do I feel today? They, you know what I mean when they say like, oh, I'm not going to work for like a stomach body or like a bitch body. The bitch will get whatever body it is. It's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like work or home or whatever. They'll get the me that is there. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be a different me. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. Nari, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for being my guest today. You know, this podcast is dropping on my birthday. This oh, episode. hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm oh, excited. Yeah, it's yeah. so special to have you, one of my closest friends, as my guest for that day and to just reflect on the journeys we're taking. Yeah. Uh, and some of the challenges that uh, that it's been, mm. I am you know rooting for you for your visa to Thank get you. clarity on it and and then to get through. And yeah, you guys like you know 
fix your COVID stuff so you can visit me. Like, what is this? You no, know, I would come to celebrate your birthday with you, but you know, I'm like, one, two, you know, that COVID though, I can't even come. So I really have like, wow. Oh, wow. The best experience. I'm in general, but I have good excuses this time. I saw someone, I saw a tweet which was like, well, this is the first year that I'm not going to like you know vacation or to to hawaii because of COVID. <laughs> other years i just don't go because i'm poor but <laughs> this year... <laughs> that's true <laughs> oh gosh anyway yeah, good this year uh super well thanks so much hey and I will... i'm very happy and honored to be here on your birthday ah, appreciate yeah. you so much yeah appreciate you too girl Alright, bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. And I hope you enjoyed Nyari's story and are as inspired by her as I am. I would love to hear your thoughts on the episode as always on the B Squared C Instagram and LinkedIn pages. And for my birthday. I would like two things off all of you. Wherever you're listening to this podcast from, firstly, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, and we're available on seven other platforms, go ahead and give this podcast five stars. And the second thing, share it with one more person in your network. Just one more person. Let's make it happen, guys. Next week, I'll be reflecting on a theme or two that came out of the conversation with Yari. Until then, I'm your host, Nancy. Be safe, be empowered, and stay inspired.